0: Good morning. As always, it's great to be in the house of the living God. Hallelujah. Um, before I get started this morning, Sammy said, welcome to Millwood. And, and when he said it, I, I thought to myself that, that maybe some people here today really don't understand where the, the, the name Millwood Church came from. You were just wondering that this week, God's good, Amen. But well, let me take you back. Um, I guess it's close to 2004 when we started the church. But I was asking God about what He would like to call this church, and uh, He simply said Millwood Church. And what's interesting is that where me and Kristen live back. Close to 100 years ago, there was a city called Millwood Church, Millwood. And close to the cemetery down there, there was a church at one time was called Millwood Church. And basically, uh, we resurrected that name and, and went back with it because God laid it on my heart. And when you think about Millwood, that whole community was about Lumber. It was about taking old trees that were pushed through the mills, and what was rough and ugly. And in the end, the process, through all the process, it became something beautiful. And that is where the word or the church Millwood came from. In fact, this th- this pulpit that that I personally built was taken from a barn out of the town of Millwood, and I went down to the original Millwood church and dug around and found some some square nails, and if you look right here in, in the hands and in the feet, they're square nails, and those square nails came from the original Millwood Church. Isn't that awesome? So if you have your Bibles, let's go to the book of Romans, chapter 5. We're going to read verses 1 to 2, and I appreciate you guys last week showing me and my family such love, and, and the cards and, and the gifts was overwhelming. We had... Just a wonderful afternoon, just celebrating that day. And I thank you, most importantly, that we we kept our focus not on me, but upon our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So if you find your place in Romans chapter 5, please stand with me. This is a real interesting message, and I'm not quite sure God has been really stretching me as a man of God and and. These messages seem to be more difficult and more impossible to preach, and I'm I'm excited about that because it, it challenges me where he takes me. So hopefully you'll get what I'm trying to say through the power of the Holy Spirit this morning. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, if you have your place, say amen. The Apostle Paul, he writes these words. He says, therefore, since we have been justified through Faith. That that word justified, I've I've heard preachers say it, it simply means to be just as if I had never sinned. Justified. We have been justified through faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith and to this grace in which we now stand. Listen carefully. By faith and to this grace in which we now stand. That, that sounds like a, a pledge of allegiance, don't it? Hallelujah. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Let us pray. O oh God, in the mighty name of Christ, Yeshua, Messiah, our King, we thank you, Lord, for this day you have made. Father, I rejoice in you today. I'm glorifying you right now in the name of Christ. God, you have given us the power, the anointing, the peace, all that we need to be here to hear a word from you. And I ask, oh God, that you just help me now. Help me in my, my, my weaknesses physically and mentally. Help me in my weaknesses in my, my struggle with my, my back even now and just give me the strength to encourage your people. Lord, help me to direct their focus upon you and upon you only in the cross. We glorify our King today. We love you and we thank you for the message and we ask that you would just move by the power of the living God upon every soul. We love you in Jesus' name. And God's people said amen. And amen, you may be seated in the presence of God. I was thinking about our text as I was reading it th- this week, and this, these verses really excite me because when I read these verses, it, it reminds me of the confidence and the hope that you and I should have this morning, and that is the grace, the confidence, and the grace of God to enter into the throne room of God's grace. That's a, that's a privilege. Can I get an amen? David said that we should, Psalms 100, that we should enter into his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. Are you with me so far? And so I want to explain to you what Paul, he, he shows us something, and he tells us why we have such hope because he speaks of a, a great high priest and we know that our great high priest is not like the great high priest of their day, but our great pr- high priest is a king who is for eternal. He said these words in Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. And if I if I misquote something today, I, I just want to please remind you that I've been on some pretty strong medications and, and my mind is not quite as sharp as, as it has been, but I, I trust the Holy Spirit that he'll remind me of these verses And and I won't miss my my cues, but I'm gonna listen carefully. But he tells us, he says, therefore, since we have such a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, he said, let us hold firmly to the faith we have. Is that right? We profess, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But we have one. How many do we have? But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Listen carefully to this. He said, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And, And I just want to tell you this morning that there's... There's not a week that does not go by, there's not a day that does not go by in my life that I do not depend upon the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And one of the days of the week that that I cry to God most, I believe on Monday morning, because what you have to understand that that Monday morning when it rolls around, and I know I mentioned this over and over because it's just overwhelming to me, but Monday mornings is a time that, that I have to step into this doorway called faith. And I step into this doorway called faith into an unknown. And in other words, I don't have a clue where God is going to take me next. It's just like life. You know, one day you could be healthy, the next day you could be down and out because life is a, is a mystery. But, but what happens is I, I step in, into this unknown, and when I say unknown, I, I'm mainly talking about the sermon, the message, the, the word that God would have for his people. And I don't have a clue where that'll be. And I know over the years, I have talked to numerous of preachers and they all tell me the same thing. Well, I have have all these sermons prepared in advance. Weeks in advance. And that troubles me because why is it that, that over all the years that I preach and that God has never given me not one sermon in advance? And he reminded me this morning, he said, does not my prayer say, give us this day our daily bread? And so I'm not looking for next week's loaf. I'm looking for the bread that we need right now. And so when I step into this this little room, now, to me, it's the prayer room, and it's the, it's the most important room in my entire land that I live on. But, but, but when you would see it, did, did I send you that picture? Maybe I didn't. I hope I did. But, but did I skip? But, but I wanted to show you, because on the outside, you would see just, just a tin building. It, it was made out of scraps. That dad would bring back from the school. They would tear down stuff, and, and I and I just took all the scraps, and, and, I, and I at first made me a cockhouse because I was fighting roosters and I needed a place to condition my roosters. But but when I radically got saved in in '97, the cockhouse became the prayer room. What the devil meant for harm, God meant for good. And though it's, it's made out of, of just scraps and junk, to me it's important because when I walk into this room, I step into it with pure faith because I'm thinking to myself, I don't know, but he knows. And so when I say, yeah, look at this. It's nothing but a shack, if you would. But, but if you could walk in those rooms, Roger's been in there. A few of you have been in there. But I tell you, if you step off in there, there's a supernatural anointing that's within those walls. Because I have spent pain and suffering, tears and blood, crying out to God day after day in this little room. But I know that by faith when I step into that room that God will open up a doorway that will give me a message that will change your life if you'll listen. But I want to remind you that, that, that this is it's the same thing that you need to approach God with the same confidence. You have to ask God with confidence because you know that God has a purpose and he has a plan. He tells us in his word, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. And plans to prosper you, plans not to give you you a hope and a future. And and, and so when you come before God, you need to remember this this three letters, A-S-K, ask. Ask, seek, and knock, Matthew 7 and 7. Jesus said, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find, and knock, and the door will be open unto you. No matter what you're facing in life, and you're going to face some trials and tribulations when you come to that place, that crossroads in life, and you need answers, don't give up but be persistent in your prayer life. And, and lock yourself away from the world. You see, when Moses, when he would camp and they would move, the Israelites would go from here to there. Moses had his own tent, and he would set this tent away from everybody and everything. He's way out there alone. You, you look at the prayer room, it's not even connected to the house, but it's out way out back, probably 300 feet from my house. You see, Moses set an example. If you need to hear from God, you got to pull yourself away from the world. You got to get to a place where you're not distracted. You got to turn off your phones. You got to turn off your computers. You got to get away from the job. You got to get away from family. You got to get to a place where it's just you and the Holy Spirit. And I can promise you, at that time, when you begin to ask and seek and knock, God will open up that door and He will give you revelations that will change your life. And not only will it change your life, but it will change the lives of the people around you. Can I preach in the Holy Spirit this morning? And so I, I thought about how God speaks to me, and I wanted to share, share it with you because it's going to tie in with our message somehow, and, and hopefully I'll figure it out when we get there. But, but, but I know that, that when God speaks to me, he speaks to me in three ways. Ooh, I'm not even in my notes. I'd, Hallelujah. It's in here somewhere. It was on here yesterday. <laughs> Give me just a second. First of all, when I approach God, I approach him by faith and faith alone. Because I know the Bible teaches me that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must, must believe that he is and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so one of the ways that, that God speaks to me that I speak... Preach the message is, is, is through my verses. And, and and I'll go in my prayer room and, and I begin quoting the scriptures that He's given me over the years, and I go over so many every day because I have quite a few. But but I'll go over those verses and sometimes that, that one verse will stand out and, and then I will know that I know that, that it's the Holy Spirit showing me this is where I want you to go. But but sometimes Sometimes when I'm quoting the scriptures, I don't get nothing. And then I know that's not God, but my my Bible says these words. It says that faith cometh by hearing and, and hearing by the word of God. And so the more I quote them, the more I'm listening to what I'm actually saying in the spirit. But if nothing grabs me, then I go to this next thing. It's called reading my text. And every day I have a process that I go through and I read certain number of scriptures a day and, and, and I'm in Genesis or I'm in Revelations. No matter where he takes me, I'm looking for a message for you guys, but sometimes I don't find nothing. But then finally, I come to the process of skimming over the waters of his word. In other words, I just start scanning through. And I start reading and and certain things, finally something would jump out and and grab me. And I know it's the Holy Spirit because have you ever had a child who, who you're talking with someone, but they're trying to get your attention and they grab your clothes and they just keep tugging at you until you finally say, what is it that you want? And that is the way the Holy Spirit does me. When when he gives me something, I I, want to go here, but no, no, no. I want you to go here, and he'll continue to tug on my heart until I finally preach it. And and what this reminds me of, I know this is silly, but this is what comes to my mind, is but my brother, he's a big fisherman, you see. And he has an expensive bass boat. Now... I'm going to talk something I don't know much about, but, but in the bass boat, he has something called a, a trolling motor. Y'all know what that is? And it's not the big motor, but it's a little tiny electric motor, and it sits up front. But, but he also has something called a, a, a fish scanner. Is that what it's called? Yeah. And, and, and on the scanner, it's a monitor, and so what he does, he goes around the edges of the lake. He doesn't even set his hook out yet. He's waiting, and he's looking at the monitor, and he's waiting until that little school of fish comes by, and then he stops the boat, and he puts it on the troller, the trolling motor, and it goes real slow, and it creeps around the edges, and he's fishing, and, and also he's bringing in fish. What, what Jesus said, you come and follow me, and I'll make you fishermen of men. You see, what he wants you to do, he wants you to be not in a rush with the big. Engine, but to get slow and to slow down and get into the trolling motor. In other words, let the Holy Spirit lead and guide you and he'll lead you right to that school of fish. And when you find the school of fish that he's trying to bring you into, that's when you set your hook. Man, I know that is silly, but I love it. Hallelujah. Hmm. But the Bible tells us in our text today He says these words because this week, as I was drifting through the waters around the edges, these words just jumped out on me. It said, By faith into this grace in which we now stand. Everybody say, By faith into this grace in which we now stand. Today's message is entitled, By faith into this grace in which we now stand. Now, every one of us knows this grace that Paul's talking about. Alejandro, you know this grace. It was that same grace that grabbed you, and you came to me at, at, at lunch in Rockwall and radically got saved. It's that grace. It's that grace that came to you in the hospital when you said, I'm already saved, and the Holy Spirit said, no, you're not saved. You're a liar, and you need to get saved. It's that grace when you fall in to that grace. It's not like the grace of the world, you see. But it's the grace that that only God can give. It's the grace that's beyond your own understanding. Your mind is limited to what you know, what you can understand, what you can get hold of. But the grace of the Holy Spirit is beyond your understanding. Are you with me so far? And it's this grace that Paul is talking about in Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9. He said, for it is by grace that you have been saved. Are you with me so far? And this is not of yourself. It's a gift of God not by work so that no one may boast. It is by grace you have been saved through what? Through faith. And faith is the only doorway that can can help you, that can get you through into this, this throne room of grace. See, see, God's throne room of grace is, 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 is overwhelming. When we finally cross over the great divine and we come before God Almighty, and every one of us will, we're, we're going to come into the presence of what grace is all about. And when you see the precious face of Jesus Christ and you see those nail scarred hands and those scars in his feet and you can see the scars on his brow with the crown of thorn. Laying, you're going to be overwhelmed, you will be weeping and crying because the grace of God will be like a tidal wave that just comes over you. See we, we only get a glimpse of that grace down here. but man when we step over, there's going to be so much grace and we're going to talk about that grace today and so, and so I know that, 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 that God when he calls us and he's trying to talk to us we have to understand that, that, that when we come to him we, we must believe that he is and it's impossible to please him and we pleased him the very moment that we said yes to grace When we said yes to faith, when we said yes to Jesus Christ, we please God. Because the Bible says in Hebrews 11 and 6 that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he is and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Matthew 3 and 17, a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love with him. I am well pleased. The moment you said yes, God said, this is my son whom I love, whom I am well pleased. You you didn't please God because of your goodness. You didn't please God because of what you did. You pleased God because you surrendered. And you said, I need help. I can't accomplish what it takes to get to heaven without you. And so when you said, I believe, I trust, I put my hope in you at that moment, that's when you finally tasted grace for the first time. The Bible says, taste and see that my word is good. When you taste grace... Gosh, it's it's, it's awesome. It's overwhelming. And so we have to learn today that that when we stand, Paul's talking about standing, standing in the grace of God. When we stand, he's not talking about your strength. Because when you begin to depend on your strength and your power, you will quickly fall, you will quickly crumble. It will only take you just a few hours to fall into sin. The moment that you begin trusting yourself, you'll be saying what you don't want to say. You'll be looking at what you don't need to look at. You'll be whatever. But the moment that you begin to stand, everybody say stand. The, the moment that you begin to stand in the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. Then you'll understand what Paul meant when he said that God's strength is made perfect in my weaknesses. See, you can't understand the power of God until you're weak. You can't understand the power of God's grace until you're low and empty. When you get down to nothing in your life, that, my friend, is when you finally begin to understand that there's something much bigger and greater than I am, something called grace. And so when we stand in Christ, that, that, that simply means that we're standing by faith in his power. Everybody said, His power, his authority. Jesus says it like this: Luke 10, 18, and 19. Jesus replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, and I've given you power to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy nothing will harm you Acts 1 and 8 says you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you you will be my witness in Jerusalem in Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth you can't go across the world the earth without the anointing of God on your life you'd be overwhelmed to think to understand how many preachers began and never made it to the end. There's church after church after church has crumbled and fell. And the reason is, is because once they get too big for their britches, they fall. And once they fall, most time they will not ever recover. Mainly because the people won't let them recover because they're trying to hold the preacher up to a standard that he can't live and they can't live. But but I'm here to tell you, if they would just get back to that grace, the same grace that saved them is the same grace that could restore them and rebuild what God started in their life. God does not start anything in, in your life that he's not willing to complete. If he started it, he will And so I want you to just look at the, the greatest apostle of all. I know you, you're not Bible scholars and neither am I, but there was one apostle named Paul. He, he was probably one of the, besides Peter, he was one of the greatest apostles there ever lived. But, but I want you to see here, Paul was not confident in his strength. He wasn't confident in his diploma. He wasn't confident in his degrees. He wasn't confident in what he's already done in his life. He was confident in Christ and Christ alone. And listen to what he said, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 3-5, because I'm talking about standing by grace through faith. He said, I came to you, listen, I came to you in weakness and fear and much trembling. And my message and my preaching was not with wise or persuasive words, but with the demonstrations of the spirit of God. Are you with me? God's spirit, His power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. Paul said, listen, I don't want you to rest in me. That the only rest you can get is in Jesus Christ. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I know you've guys read about Paul when he talks about you and I being the jars of clay. But but I want you to realize this is what Paul's talking about right here. I'm going to read it for you, or I'm going to quote it for you, and I want you to listen carefully, especially in that that first part. 2 Corinthians 4. 7 through 10, he, he says, but we have these treasures in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from, help me out, not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed we're perplexed but not despaired. We're persecuted but not abandoned. We're struck down but not destroyed. For we always carry around in our bodies the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our mortal bodies. God said, listen, you are going to be persecuted. You're going to be crushed. You're going to be hurt. Right now you have a sister going through something, trying to thinking about ending her life. The, the reason she's going through that is, is because her mind has been led astray by the enemy. The enemy will tell you that you are no, not worth worthwhile. You're not worth anything. You're no longer handsome. You're no longer pretty. You're no longer important. You're no longer whatever. But I'm here to tell you, if God be for you, who can be against you? And I'm here to tell you that God is for you. And you are that treasure. You are that jar of clay that inside you, Carl, right now, you carry the power of the living God right inside of you. And if you just open your mouth to whoever you need to talk to, the power will flow out of you like pouring water out of a glass. Now, I'm going to show you the importance of something about standing. Now, we know that Paul, in Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 18, he draws us this, he paints this beautiful picture of something called the armor of God. And we've read the armor of God so much that you and I, we can actually visualize what it would look like, but you've got to understand something. You mind if I sit for a second? He says this, Paul at this time in his life, he's not on a couch, he's not relaxing, eating pizza, he's not having a good time, but, but rather, Paul is, is chained, hand and foot. He's in a prison cell. He's going through hell. He's been beaten. He's been mistreated. He's chained. He's half naked. He's cold. But, but all of a sudden, he looks up and he sees these roaming guards, and they're dressed in this armor. And he's, he's drawing a picture that, that you and I should begin to understand. This is what God has done for us spiritually. But in all the armor of God, I want you to notice one thing. There's a role. And you have one role, and that role is to stand. Everybody say, I'm called to stand. Let, let, I can quote this, but I'm not going to quote it. I'm just going to read it because I want you to hear it. I don't want to miss something up. But he says, finally, my brethren... That's you. That's me. That's everyone in this room. Be strong in the Lord and in the what? The power of his might. Put on the, not part of it, but the whole armor of God that you may be able to. Thank you. Appreciate that, Sammy. Against the wiles of the devil, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Listen, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to... Stand, He says, once again, stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you can quench all the fire darts of the wicked, taking up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and praying always with all kinds of prayers and supplication in the Spirit, and watching therein too when all... Perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And so, four times, Paul tells us to stand, withstand, stand, and stand. You see, to, to, to withstand, it simply means to remain undamaged and unaffected by simply resisting. When the enemy comes in like a flood, you have to resist. You can't just let the enemy blow you over. You got to stand and you resist. How do you resist? By faith. It doesn't matter how hard it gets. It doesn't matter how bad it hurts. You got to stand. And whatever the devil's trying to tell you that, that going to happen, you got to resist it. Listen to what Peter says. 1 Peter 5, 8, 9. He says, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. What does he say? Resist him. Stand firm in the what? Faith. Because you know, your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering God's he's telling us right here listen Alejandro you're not the only ones going through hell bro you're not Brian you're not the only one who's struggling with something we all people throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering and so what does he tell us to do he says stand stand in what Stand by faith, because the moment you stand by faith, you enter into the doorway called grace. I'm going to give you some verses. It's going to be quick, but 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 I, I God said I, I want you to give them 14 verses here, and I'm going just going to quote them. You, you're not going to be able to write them down because I'm going to spit them out. But I'm going to give you 14 verses that show you the grace that's waiting for you on the other side by faith. If you'll stand, are you everybody standing with me in your mind? You stand by faith and you say, I'm going to enter into this doorway called what? Grace. And this right here is waiting on you right here. 1 Corinthians 16 and 23. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. Romans 16 and 20. The God of peace will soon cross Satan under your feet. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. Galatians 6, 18. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, amen. Ephesians 1 and 2. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 6 and 24. Grace to all who love the Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. Philippians 1 and 2, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 4 and 23, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 28, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. 2 Thessalonians 1 and 2, grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Thessalonians 3, 18, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all 2 Timothy 4 and 22 the Lord be with your spirit grace be with you all Philemon 1 and 3 grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Philemon 1 and 25 the grace of the Lord Jesus be with your spirit Hebrews 13 and 25 grace be with you all neighbor the Bible is filled with God's grace you cannot escape I'm telling you, if you'll just open this book, you may not hear the word through your scriptures. You may not hear the word through the reading, but listen, just get on your trolling motor and you just go through the water of God's word and and you just keep scanning, you keep looking, you keep searching and finally God will speak to you because you're not going to quit asking, you're not going to quit seeking and you're not going to quit knocking because I'm going to stand at the door of God's by faith and I'm going to knock until the grace. I'm not leaving God until I get your grace. I need, you need, we all need the grace of God on our life. Through faith, we gain access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. How much time I got left? Oh, I'm way over. Let me explain to you. Sometimes you don't need all grace. Sometimes you just need a little grace. Grace. And you'll see that sometimes God will give you a little, but sometimes he'll give it all to you. See, see little, it's little grace is what you need to get you through the storm. But all grace will take you out of the storm. Woo! hallelujah. And there's a big difference because I want you to see something. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9 and 8, and God is able to make all grace. Everybody say all grace. All grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. Ephesians 4 and 7, Jesus, he's teaching us right here. He says, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. See, see, Christ is watching your life. When it comes time for you to have that child, you're going to need some grace. Because in your own strength and power, you can't do this. But I tell you what, if you'll stand by faith, come on, amen. And you say, God, I'm standing by faith, and I need some grace to have this child. You'll have the child with no problem. But you got to understand, Jesus, he didn't need a little grace to accomplish what he did. He needed all grace. Because for a man to live 32 32 years, 33 years on this earth without no sin, that takes all grace. And for Jesus to, to stand or to lay on that cross and to die for the sins of the world and for him to cry out, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That takes all grace. And for Jesus to look at that thief over there who deserves death, hell, and grace, and he says, today you will be with me in paradise. That, my friend, takes all grace. And this grace comes through faith for us to stand. And and let me say this. If God has called us to stand, guess what? The enemy has the purpose of knocking you down. He's gonna do all and everything that he can do to cause you to stumble and to cause you to fall. Listen to me now. I'm telling you the truth. If you're standing for God, the enemy's coming in like a flood. And even though he he comes like a roaring lion, remember that Jesus pulled his teeth. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. But but listen to what Solomon tells us. This is important. Proverbs. 24 and 16. He said, for though a righteous man falls seven times. Everybody say seven times. For though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again, but the wicked are brought down by calamity. If you get knocked down, get up. If you get hurt, someone hurts your feeling, get up. Don't quit. Many people quit the church because they got their feelings hurt. Come on you got to get to that doorway of grace when you get hurt, when you get troubled, when you're offended. Get to that grace way. Listen to what Paul says, 2 Timothy 4, 17 and 18. He said, but the Lord stood at my side, here he is in the prison, and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom to him be the glory forever and ever amen I'm not going to be able to finish all this it's just too much skip I can't do it man I'm going to try but let let, let me show you let me show you why you can't trust in your own strength and power. There's a, there's a story, it's just it's just in there. It's, it's not in no any other gospel, but in Luke. One tiny little story that took place in a city that you've never heard of, a city called Nain. Raise your hand if you heard of Nain. I know you haven't. But let me show you what happened. In this story, I'm gonna paraphrase it. In this story called Name, that this woman, she was a widow. She's lost her husband. She's all alone, but, but now her son is dead. And they are carrying, listen, they're carrying her son out in his coffin, going to the cemetery. And Jesus sees this woman, and you know she's crying out to God for help by faith she's standing at the doorway and she's knocking but she have not given up because all of a sudden Jesus shows up to the funeral and Jesus walks up to the coffin and he says young man rise get up and see what this shows is that, that that young man who's dead he has no hope of ever living or ever getting up the mama has no hope of ever seeing her son get up Her his friends have no hope but Jesus is the hope he's the resurrection, he's the life he's the power and when the power, the anointing of God comes in it doesn't matter if you feel dead if you feel like you're already in the coffin God says rise and walk get up Woo, hallelujah, get up and walk. That man had laid at the pool for 38 years at the pool of Bethesda. He's waiting. I'm preaching in the Holy Spirit. Can I do this? And he's he's waiting for the waters to tremble. And every time the waters would tremble, the angel would stir the water, you see. And when someone who was crippled or sick or deaf or whatever, if they could get in the water, they would be healed. But he's laying on the mat for 38 years. He can't move. He can't crawl. He can't get up. And so every time the water is stirred, everybody beats him in the water, and he's just lay there completely defeated. And Jesus comes to him and said, do you want to walk? He says, but I have no one to help me to get up. Jesus says, get up, take your mat, and go home. And he got up, and he was persecuted because he's carrying his mat on the Sabbath. <laughs> but Jesus tells them I am the Lord of the Sabbath he said my father never stops working he works on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday Thursday, Friday and Saturday come on amen you may be down, it may be sunny, it may be the Sabbath but God has said listen, stand at my door by faith, knock until the grace is open and when the grace comes upon you, you will get up you will walk, you will live Jesus tells us, Luke 18 and 27, what is impossible with man is possible with God. You see, we live in a world that it's okay to pray as long as you don't pray in the name of Jesus. Leave him out. But you see what the world don't realize? That's your power. Without the name of Jesus, you have no anointing. You have no grace. You have no way. You see, Daniel, can I finish this? You see, Daniel, they were looking for something wrong in his life. They wanted to persecute him, so there's this group called the Sat Trap, and they were looking for any way they could find fault in Daniel, but they could find zero. He was a man of integrity, a man of God. And they could not find any falsehood. They said, you know what, Let, let's let's use his religion against him because we know he's a praying man. And so he, they went to the king and said, Let, let's make an edict that if anybody prays to any man or any god besides you, King Nebuchadnezzar, we'll throw them into the lion's den. And so the Bible teaches us in the book of Daniel, hold on a second, chapter 6, verse 10. It said, now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published He went home to his upstairs room, where the windows opened up toward Jerusalem. And three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed and gave thanks to his God, just as he had always done. He was thrown to the lions then because he stood. But you have to understand, his standing was on his knees. Sometimes your standing ain't standing, it's getting low. Because God, He resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. Daniel wasn't standing in the window to be lifted up, he was praying in the window because he was not ashamed of the gospel. Listen. When you are called to pray at a family function, a family meeting, if they ask you to pray, listen. Don't say, "I, I pray in the name. No, no, no. You need to say, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Jesus said, if you are ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven. So when you pray, don't just say, I pray in that name. No, no, no. You go ahead and say it. Because the moment you say the name of Jesus, the power, the grace, the anointing surrounds your life. I stand today by faith in the grace of God. And I know there's anointing and there's a power on my life because I'm trusting something so much bigger than my physical flesh. Even though my body is crying out to quit, to lay down. My, my, my spirit man says, go. Keep pushing. Because my job is not finished. Let's all stand. Sometimes I, I, I even wonder why I even bring notes. I'm kind of like that, that kid on, on, on Snoopy, you know, he had his security blanket. I got my blankie. That's my blankie. But let me just say this. When you see this, this is not just paper and words. No, no, no. This is what was laid on my heart by the Spirit of God. And, and even though I fail weakly on trying to get everything out because he gives me so much, I, I just want you to know there's power right here. There's a stack in my room that tall of sermons, not including what's in my cabinets in the next room. I, I feel like I could throw a dead man on that paper and he'd come alive. I'm serious, because, Roger, you think about all the lessons you put together, all the tears that you cried out, everything that you cried out to God is on that paper. When you're gone, when I'm gone, they're going to wonder what we had to say. Well, it's here. Sammy wrote me a letter. I'll keep it until I die, because it touched my heart so much. Same with these sermons. This is what God's trying to say to us. He said, don't forget to stand. Ask, seek, and knock. Because when you step into my grace, I I can give you a little, or I can give you exactly what you need, all grace. Do you want all of it? Or just a little? I'll take whatever I can get. Because little with God is power. Just give me the crumb that falls from the master's table. I want every eye to close and every head to bow. Right now, I'm, I'm asking you. I'm asking you from the bottom of my heart this morning. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you would like to be saved today, I ask you, please, Come down and let me introduce you to my friend because he wants to come into your life right now and save you. You hear that still small voice in your heart. He's knocking on your door right now, saying, Let me in. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Just make your way right now. Let Pastor pray with you. Come on. Come this way. Right now, you may be struggling with a situation. You need to turn that over to God. And let me tell you something. Don't expect God to do something in your timing. God does not work on your timing today. God will do it when it's time for it to be done. And if he says no to you now, be content with that. And just keep asking, keep seeking, and keep knocking. Because when he's ready to open that situation in your life, he'll do it. But until then, just be patient with him. He knows what he's doing, I can promise you. He's been doing this for a little while. Hallelujah. Father, we praise you in the name of Jesus. Go with your people now in Christ's name. And God's people said amen and amen. You guys have a blessed day.